0: Welcome into the Ball Blast podcast. I am your host, Kate. And I'm Michelle. And you can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And I'm at Ballblast em For those of you who are new to our show, please check out ballblastfootball.com. We've got lots of exciting content over there. Lots of eager beaver writers who are absolutely awesome and cranking out nonstop content.
1: Yeah, it's pretty awesome.
0: Very awesome. We've got our rankings up every week, so check those out. Uh, And consider supporting this show and all the work we do on ballblastfootball.com over on Patreon at patreon slash ballblast. We're headed into week seven. I cannot believe it's already week seven. It means we're, like, halfway done.
1: We're halfway through the fantasy season, (sighs) uh, unless you hopefully make it far into your playoffs, but... Yeah, we're already we just started and we're about to. But get if you the don't, mark. if you're not making it to the
0: playoffs, you're
1: yeah, you're everyone listening is making the playoffs.
0: Well, yeah, if don't put been, that negativity out in the world. If you've been following our advice, of course, you're going to make it to the playoffs. Uh, what are you most excited for here in week eight? Week seven. Oh my gosh, I don't want to lose another week. I mean, I'm pumped about the Steelers Titans
1: game. Uh, it's. I'm surprised it's a 1 p.m. game. I'm personally happy it is. I like 1 p.m. games, and you know we're in Pittsburgh, so we can watch the game. I'm I surprised it did flex that yeah, game. A lot though. of people were hoping it was flex, so they can watch it as well. Because if it's not televised where they are, uh, I'm really excited for that game. It'll be a tough one for Pittsburgh. Could definitely be their first loss of the season. But I'm excited to see how it plays out.
0: Absolutely, and it feels like we've we've calmed down a little bit on the injury front. Why would you jinx that? No. I mean, we still have a
1: lot of injuries we're about to talk about. I don't know if we calm down too much. All right, let's get
0: into it. It's just
1: in breaking news. Breaking news.
0: Extra, extra! Read all about it. Pop it. <laughs> oh, our show it, Yeah, we've been watching Haunted Manor of Bly. Oh, it's so good. Good. God, that show is good. It's so good. It's so, It's like um, if American Horror Story and you had a baby. <gasps> it is. Yeah. It is. That's a yeah. good explanation. We're it, both creepers. We both love creepy things, but not you as much. You don't like scary things. Yeah. I like to be creeped out a little bit. Well, you
1: know what has been scary this season? It's been Michael Thomas. Yep. Uh, he's not been playable because he's been hurt and week one he was terrible. Then he dealt with a ankle injury, got in a little fight, a little shit
0: stir. And his mom got scared. She said you You're gonna sit your, you're gonna sit your butt on the bench until you No grow out your hair.
1: No. No. That was so bad. That was bad. That was a bad attempt. Anyways, he now is dealing with a tweaked hamstring. So he hasn't practiced, and he's probably going to sit out. I don't know. If he does play on Sunday, that's going to be really
0: iffy, if you can trust him or not. But how do you, if he's active, you how play do you sit him? him? It stinks. you got to play him. But that's where you have to go all out, and you have to, like, all of your flex players need to be Will Fuller, Robbie Anderson types who can just explode, have monster games, and yeah. win you a week.
1: And honestly, those guys are super steady as well, so they're not risky. Uh, Miles Sanders, unfortunately, has ruled out. It's tonight's game, so when by the time you're listening to this, the game will already have played, so hopefully you got him out of your lineup. But he's expected to miss uh, this week and maybe next with a knee injury. They didn't really say what it was, but at least it's a short timetable for him to come back. Joe Mixon has not practiced the last two days on Wednesday or Thursday. There's no real update.
0: No, although we do have an a assumption from one of our, our good friends, Edwin, uh, at FB Injury Doc, who is uh, a good friend of the show, and he assumes that it is a foot sprain, which There's so many different
1: levels of foot sprains, so though. I don't want to go, like, assuming anything. Like, it can be at uh, grade one, grade two. It can be, like, mild or... Um, moderate. Moderate. And mild's like, okay, cool, you'll be back pretty soon but just moderate itself is what i'm hearing it's it's like over a month injury so and it could be the whole season like if it's bad enough so i don't want to make any assumptions about whether he'll be back this week cuz we have no idea
0: and really just think about the the injury itself it is it's a foot sprain he is a running back he pushes off on his feet Giovanni Bernard is uh, 6.5% rostered in ESPN league. I picked him up
1: in a couple seconds. I'm just
0: going to go ahead and do a little addy-add right here.
1: My team was too good in that one to drop anyone for Gio, Um, but I'm glad that you have people to drop in your team so bad.
0: Actually, I have people to move to the IR. Oh, that's even worse. All
1: right, Austin Eckler, while you go um, maintain your Rosters. Austin Eckler' hamstring is not expected back anytime soon.
0: I think so. we knew this, though. I, I think yeah, the, but it's not good
1: news to hear he's expected back later rather than sooner. No, and but I do
0: think that, that since he had this injury, the tone has not been overwhelmingly positive. So I this doesn't surprise me, but it's not good news.
1: Nope. So, so who do you project
0: as the guy moving forward? Is I it Justin think, Jackson or is it? I think both will get a pretty
1: big work share, uh, work like part of the workload. I think Justin Jackson will be more efficient, and Josh Kelly will probably get more of the goal line work since he's the bigger back. But hopefully, they're both used uh, in the receiving game, and I like them both. Uh, I like Justin Jackson just a little bit more.
0: Just breaking news: uh, I did just add Giovanni Bernard in that league. He has the most bawling mustache I've ever seen in my life. He looks like Mario. He literally looks like Mario. Like, remember when Antonio Brown was trying to to grow out that creepy mustache? It's kind of like that, but more tasteful.
1: Yeah, Gio actually did it correctly. Jameson Crowder <laughs> did not practice Thursday, and he was limited on Wednesday, and he, he got a groin injury in practice on Wednesday. Yeah. So... That stinks because Jameson Crowder has been pretty solid and pretty consistent, and he's going against the Bills defense that just hasn't shown up for the last few weeks. That would have been a nice start, but looks like he might miss this game. Raiders are dealing with some COVID issues, especially on the O-line.
0: Yeah, uh, one of their O-line tested positive. It sounds like none of their other O-line have, but they are, are- – i think secluding them they're not allowed to to come back till sunday yeah
1: well game sunday so they don't get practice we saw the titans with no practice i'm using quotes because we all know they practice probably every day and so maybe uh vegas is doing the same thing right now their secret practices they just saw the titans didn't get in trouble at all so why wouldn't you do it right boom roasted boom Roasted. But that could be really bad for uh, Josh Jacobs, who's going up against Tampa Bay, who already does not give up rushing yards. Like, they're they're such a good run defense. They're even better than the Steelers, who the Steelers are sufferable. Oh, uh, What was that now? All right, well, Kate's had a good laugh at that. Uh, <laughs> suffocating is the word I was trying to say. Uh, I mean, some people. They are sufferable. Yeah, some people might suffer watching them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, no, but yeah, I just meant the Steelers are suffocating, and so so it's So Tampa they make Bay, you
0: suffer while you suffocate.
1: Yeah. No, Josh Jacobs, I already think, is probably going to have a pretty rough day. He has been having a lot of rough days lately. This defense is not going to be easy for him. He's going to, A, have to get into Enzo, which can always happen, and, B, hopefully be used in the receiving game, uh, and that's unlikely with Derek Carr at quarterback.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think you need to hope for some catches for him. Zach Ertz, ankle injury. He's expected out four to six okay. weeks. Can I just say
1: something? It's good for your team that yes. he's out? Yeah, it's probably good for your team because you kept starting Zach Ertz and he was killing you, and you're only starting him because of the name. The issue is Goddard is not expected back until at least week 10. That's a long ways away.
0: At least week 10, uh, the report from Mike Garofolo today was that it, they're looking at four to six weeks, which that was different than the initial report. The initial report was three to four weeks. So that does tell us that it was worse than they expected. Uh, MRI probably didn't come looking back great. But you are right. The the bright side, and I don't, again, don't root for injuries but you've been obligated to play, like play him every single week. He's an automatic lock for your lineup because of the draft capital that you spent. This is your out. Are you dropping da- uh, not Dallas Goddard? You're picking up Dallas Goddard, by the way. But everybody.
1: why? I mean, he's not expected back till week ten, like I just said. Uh, and that's at the earliest. He might not come back until after that. They're hoping for week 10. They're
0: hoping for week 10. But just, I mean, think about like the timeline here. You want to get him now. I think he's worth a roster oh, stash. I
1: don't. I don't think so.
0: He's a top five tight end. By the
1: time he comes back, Ertz is going to be back.
0: Yeah, he's done so much to hamper him already.
1: Who Smith and Noah Fant both practiced in full today on Thursday. That's very good news because Who Smith was uh, questionable going into this week if he was going to play or not. But getting into full practice is a very good sign for him. Same thing for Noah Fant. Uh, if they both play, they're both good starts. Robert Tanyan would be a good start against Houston this week, but he missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday. So. Yeah,
0: definitely something to monitor.
1: He not has been the,
0: the go-to guy, but... God, if he's out for this game, you have to imagine that Devontae Adams bounces back with like six or seven touchdowns.
1: Oh, yeah, at least. Maybe nine. Deontay Johnson. Make it 10. Deontay Johnson is practicing in full and should play week seven. No, I don't know how many times we can plug him into the lineups and then him get hurt on the first drive. Like, he is killing people because you finally plug him in. You're like, okay, he's a safe PPR play. And then there's been two games that he played for five seconds and got you a nice zero. I almost want... I, I'm okay with playing Deontay Johnson. I really am. But at the same time, I almost want to see if he can make it through a game first. Let's see him make it through a full game, then I'll plug you in.
0: I mean, I'm not I'm not trusting him in my lineup unless it's a full PPR and I have nobody else. Yeah. Which means he's going to have 20 receptions for 173 yards and six touchdowns.
1: Uh, Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick was benched. Hmm. Bench. He has been fantastic, and he's been bench for Tua, their rookie. And people are very excited about him. Totally get it. The franchise clearly wants to start that uh, part of their life and see what the rookie has in him. They're three and three. They're only one game back behind the Bills. I thought it was a very interesting benching. They're in their bye week, so maybe that was always their plan was let's get to the bye week, see how we're doing. And if that's we'll
0: always your plan though, you need to relay that to the starter.
1: Well, they don't want. They want Fitz trying as hard as he possibly can.
0: I do I do think that there was a plan maybe around this time because a lot of the timelines that we saw with this injury for Tua said that you know, he should be ready to play at right around the one-year mark, which we're right at sort of that one-year mark from his injury last season. Maybe that was in the plan, but I still think it's it's crappy.
1: We have to remember, so I, I was doing some research. Nobody's been benched in NFL history with the numbers that Fitz has right now, uh, being 3-3. Three and three. This is pretty wild that he's being benched. Alex Smith had a similar year to Fitz in two, 2017, and, you know, Mahomes was sitting behind them, and that team was very excited to get Mahomes in the game. Guess what they did? They stuck it out with Alex Smith. They made it to the playoffs. Yes, they ended up losing on the flicky play, but I, I do think that's the way to go is just, you know. Did you just your- call it a flickety play? Fluky. Oh, looky play. Remember the flippy. one where I think it was Mariota threw the ball and he caught it like himself and got a touchdown? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Yeah. That was a wild play. That was a fun game though.
0: That was. God, I remember that. Yeah, that was I think a we play. were living in Florida at that point. I, I was just diving into football.
1: They have to hope Tua is like a great, like really great. Because if you, this is going to be the issue. If you bench Fitz and Tua is not good, the fan base is going to want Fitz back for this year. Back starting, and then you have to bench Tua. Like that's not going to work out. So I, I don't really get the point of keeping Fitzpatrick on the roster and not trying to trade him, unless you're worried that Tua will get hurt. And if Tua gets hurt, good luck, management, keeping your job, because then you just played him for no reason, and that was really stupid. Well,
0: and just I mean, looking at the situation, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been very vocal. So far, like surprisingly so, I think he's always been just a very, very cool guy, always willing to mentor. And but this burned him, and he's been very public about that. I don't.
1: He's been professional, but public.
0: That yeah, absolutely. He's not. He's not said anything that was like out of turn. I I just think he's been really honest about how he's feeling, and I I think. All of us can agree those feelings are pretty justified. He's been
1: really, really good lately. Uh, and then lastly, for the news, before we jump into our segments, Le'Veon Bell might not be active in Week 7. First Denver, not a massive surprise. He doesn't. He like just got with the team. Just I, hopped off the plane. Yeah, it has to go through all the protocols with COVID. So I wouldn't be shocked either if he's not active. I really don't care to play... So if Bell's active, I, I don't know. I don't want to play either of them. Definitely not playing Bell.
0: You, you have to play CEH. It's a really hard matchup. You have to play CEH. Yeah, you're
1: still, I have CEH, and I'm playing him wherever I have him. I just You really got to temper expectations, because last week could not have gone better for him. Like, he had no defense. The defense did not care about Clyde Edwards. Learned, and he played lights out. He did. And he had 20 20 PPR points. Really good game, right? But Ooh. is it, that's his, that's amazing. Like you saw him and it was such a good game. He got 20 PPR points. He doesn't score touchdowns. Now I know he got in the end zone and got taken away, but he hasn't scored a, a touchdown. Uh, I don't think a rushing touchdown this year. If he did, it, it was one. I can't remember off the top of my head. And if Bell's coming in, I think he steals the goal line touches. He'll probably get some receiving work that he's already not getting at all taken away from Bell. I, I do think if Bell were to be active, he would get the goal line work immediately.
0: I, I think that's probably the case, especially just seeing what we've seen. I feel like everybody has been uh, very like the CEH community has been very vocal about um, the the work he's gotten at the goal line because he has not looked good on the goal line. They are stuffing the boxes, which is understandable. And he's a small dude. He's a the, small dude, but that's, like, you need a, a big... The Broncos are
1: allowing the second fewest fantasy points to the running back position this year. Only 14 points a game to all running backs on that team. I It, it doesn't look promising for CH this week. Unless they go into the same game plan that the Bills have had. The Bills had where they just don't guard the run because they're just trying to stop Mahomes. Can
0: confirm that
1: worked on neither front. No, it did not. All right, let's move in to our first segment before we get into some of our favorite matchups and some of our you know least favorite plays of the week. Let's talk about some big-name players that maybe you've been holding on to on your rosters or you even keep playing, and we're going to discuss what we would do with them because it, it's getting hard. I mean, it's week seven now. Yeah, you can't... You
0: can't dink around anymore.
1: No, these are important matchups. you got to win them. You can't keep playing these players just because of their name. So let's start, number one, with our boy, Juju Smith-Schuster. He's averaging just over five targets a game, 39 receiving yards per game. But the worst part about those five targets is that he's only getting 8.4 yards per reception, lowest in his career by far. And Ben is just spreading the ball around. Yeah, he's been like n- not startable for fantasy. He's been so bad. If you plugged him in, and I'm sure you keep doing it, he's not getting you any points. And like since week three, because he got a couple touchdowns in week one and one in week three. I am dropping Juju. You're dropping him. So that's what I was going to ask. I think you have to stop playing him. He has to be on your bench. But I'm also as getting- long as
0: he's on your bench, you're going to keep playing him though because you're going to be like, ah. This but the thing the is, lead. you're going
1: to drop him and someone else is going to pick him up, and it's just going to like eat you, like you know. It's just or the name.
0: he's going to be picked up by somebody else in your league, and uh, he's just going to uh, ruin someone ruin else's somebody team. else's team, and I that know. that'll feel ten times better because he does. He has the name value. We've seen what he's done for fantasy before. But five targets a game, I can stream that.
1: Obviously, always try to trade first before you just cut them. I don't know if you're going to get. Nobody wants from Juju
0: unless you have a Steelers fan in your league. And even I don't want Juju.
1: Well, would you rather Juju or this next guy we're going to talk about, DJ Chark? Uh. So DJ Chark had 14 targets last week. 14, 45 yards out of it, averaging just five yards per reception the last two weeks. Minchie's not playing well at all. The Jaguars are a disaster. Keelan Cole is getting a lot more work than anyone would have thought. I'm not dropping DJ Chark,
0: but. I'm not either because of the target share. Like, the difference between him and Juju for me is that DJ Chark had, what, 14 targets last week? He's being. Hyper-targeted. The quality of the targets is not great.
1: You would think the points will come sooner or later than for Chark. So would you go try to trade Juju for Chark and see if that gets Oh, yes.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, I would.
1: Okay, so I would try that and then try a couple more offers, you know, of guys that you'd like. Maybe even Deontay Johnson, who's been hurt and been putting up zeros. Just try to get anybody that's better. Would you even take Keelan Cole over Juju right now? Yes. Would you really?
0: Yes. (laughs) <laughs> 'Cause their floor has been the same. Literally the same. And I feel like Keelan Cole at least has a ceiling. Has a ceiling. We're
1: going to say all of this and then he's gonna go off on the Titans this week. I hope he
0: does. Congratulations, Juju Managers. So DJ Chark, are you continuing to play him is the issue. I think you have to stash him on your bench. So keep him on there until we
1: see him actually perform a little bit better.
0: Yeah, I just it's hard to cut a guy who is getting that many targets.
1: Yes. It is. Yeah, you definitely can't cut, Chark. It is also hard to sit a guy who got 14 targets last week. Normally, if you get 14 targets, you're going to have a great game. Normally. Like, this is even worse than Jameson Crowder 14 targets. Oh. Actually, Crowder's been great this year. Cam Akers, zero carries. Bye. Bye. Drop or stash. The thing, okay, I only have Cam Akers in one league because, you know, we're not big Cam Akers fans. I just tried it out. you know. I tried it out, but I have a hard time dropping him still. And it's that rookies, you know, sometimes they just don't get the playing time until later in the season. And then this is what stinks about drafting these rookies: is you draft them, you hold on, you hold on, you hold on, you drop them, and then they get the workload. Like this is like I feel like it could be like a Nick Chubb situation all over again. If something were to happen to Daryl Henderson
0: or Malcolm Brown. So let's think about it in this way. Um, I just saw Daryl Henderson has like a thigh injury or something. He's always a little banged up. Okay. You you say you drafted Saquon Barkley. Did you have a hard time letting go of Wayne Gallman? Well,
1: Wayne just Gallman. because you
0: might need him later. No, you never had Wayne Gallman on your roster. I don't. I don't get the point of this. Because. You have a stud running back, so the stud running back, Saquon Barkley, is Daryl Henderson. Oh,
1: well, no, I, I think Cam Akers would be fine if he got the workload. Let's not compare him to Wayne Gallman. <laughs> Wayne Gallman balled. He did ball. So your example doesn't even make any sense anyways. All I'm saying is I'm having a hard time dropping him. I do think you can drop him if you need the space, and that's exactly how we feel about Zach Moss as well. You can drop him. It's one of those things where until the guy in front of them gets hurt, Or somehow they magically get 20 touches a game, 15 to 20 touches a game. Like, it's just they're not going to be consistent at all for fantasy or do anything.
0: just so you guys know, every time you drop Zach Moss, a butterfly dies. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) T.Y. Hilton, let's go through two more guys. T.Y. Hilton, he hasn't had a touchdown all season long. Get out of here. And he hasn't hit 60. uh, He's only hit 60 yards one time, and it was 69 yards. Hey. He's had one. He has had more than four receptions in one game. No, thank
0: you. And it was six. I can stream that. Yeah, Ty Hill Literally, gotta so, go. He's gotta go. They, when you're making these decisions in these, um, you know, like redraft leagues, my rule of thumb has been: Can I find this on the waiver wire? Yep.
1: And if you can, then go find someone that has more potential that you can keep on your bench. Yeah, uh, Jalen Rager, who's going to come back uh, if, for some reason, T. Higgins is out there. Like, I would rather hold on to those people on my bench than not be able to play T.Y. Hilton. And no, I can't play T.Y. Hilton. Or if I do, he's going to get me nothing. Evan Ingram. I wanted to talk about him before the game last night. You won't be hearing this until after. He got more work last night. He dropped the winning ball. Like, if he catches that, the Giants probably end up closing out that game. What do you do with Evan Ingram? Because, honestly, he sucks
0: for fantasy. (laughs) He's not the PPR machine that you drafted him to be.
1: Uh, He has a name value, and tight ends are gross. Yeah. So the thing is, if you drop Evan Ingram, what are you picking up?
0: Well, that's the thing. Like, what are you picking up? Because Evan Ingram's ceiling is as high as any other random tight end on the waiver wire. Yeah. And at least he's the guy. Yeah. I I, I don't know how you drop Evan Ingram. You probably can't unless
1: there's a Rob Gronkowski on your bench or on the waivers. Even
0: Rob Gronkowski is a similar. I would
1: rather Gronk right now without OJ Howard. He's been getting a lot more work than I think
0: that. No, I think that's fine. But like I'm saying, each of them have the same floor essentially.
1: And you're probably not going to find Gronk anyways. So you're most likely stuck with Evan Ingram. And I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, whoops.
1: Maybe after this game you got used a little bit more, you can go trade him for someone that puts up a big stinker. All right, do you want to get into our Boom Plays of the Week? Boom! Boom Play, Favorite, Flex, Sleeper, and Stinker of the Week. We're going to each give our favorite for each category. Stanky. Stanky. Let's do it. I'm going with Mr. T. Higgins of the Bengals. For not your stanky. No, for not my stanky. For my boom play of the week. I'm not even putting him at flex or sleeper. I'm putting this rookie at my boom player of the week. He gets the Cleveland bronze this week. And lately, he has been the the target monster in the Cincinnati offense. Now, Boyd and A.J. Green are still getting their targets. But the thing is, Burrow throws so much that... They can all get their targets. So T. Higgins has the last four games, nine targets, seven, eight, and eight. That's pretty good. 125 yards last week against a Colts defense. It's pretty difficult to actually uh, build up those numbers against. He has two receiving touchdowns this year. It might not sound like a lot, but he's a rookie, and that's the most receiving touchdowns on the Bengals for any player. It seems like Joe Burrow really trusts him. He's been using him a lot. And he gets to Cleveland Browns, like I said, who is giving up 194 receiving yards per game to the wide receiver position. That's the fifth most in the NFL and nine receiving touchdowns throughout the year, which is tied for the third most. The Browns are giving up a lot of points. They're scoring a lot of points. This should be a high-flying game, kind of like week two. We saw a lot of points being scored. Um, at that time, you know, the Browns were able to run it a little bit more because they had Nick Chubb. He's out, so I don't know if they're going to be able to control the ball as much. Hopefully the Bengals have uh, possession a little bit longer. I think T. Higgins can hit double-digit targets in this game and score a touchdown and uh, hopefully get 100 yards. That'd be fantastic as
0: well. Oof. woof, woof! I love that. Uh, my sneaky start. Or no, this is not my – this, is my, this yep. is my boom. This is my boom. This is my boom. I'm also going to go with a rookie, Mr. Justin Herbert, who is also your fire play of the week? But I'm not going to let you steal all of the credit for loving Justin Herbert this week. The Ball Blast brand as a whole is very, very high on Justin Herbert this week. It, I'm playing him this everywhere week I or always, him. always. I we're, bet on him for we're the official Justin of the Herbert year, podcast, yeah. and uh, I mean, you, you have good reason, right? Like this dude's averaging almost 300 passing yards per game. He looks super comfortable. Like we've talked about, Joe Burrow looking really comfortable. I don't think people are talking about how comfortable Justin Herbert looks. He looks poised. He looks like a vet, and he's not afraid to take deep shots. Oh, that's the best part. Oh my! But they were connecting. (laughs) They connect. That's the beauty. Is there not um, like Josh Allen? His deep throws in week or year one, they would sometimes sail. A lot. Yeah. And Justin Herbert. So he's throwing dimes, dimes. And I will say that as uh, he gets more playing time with Mike Williams, I think that's going to be a magical connection throughout the the year. You need to own him everywhere.
1: That's the connection I thought was going to happen as soon as Herbert started. I thought he was going to target Mike Williams more often. It didn't really happen until uh, the last game for the Chargers, but it, was a thing of beauty. Listen, <laughs> passing yards under pressure for the season. There's Josh Allen, there's Russell Wilson, and there's Patrick Mahomes. They're the top three in passing yards under pressure. Justin Herbert is number four. He's only two yards behind Patrick Mahomes. He played only four games this year because he didn't start week one. Yeah. That and is fantastic. He's been averaging 299 passing yards per game,
0: the fourth most in the NFL. He's been killing it. It's insane. And if you look at just his fantasy performance weeks two through five, which, you know, he was an active week one. They had a, a bye in week six, so we can't necessarily look at his total on the season. He's the quarterback seven for fantasy. You know who's right ahead of him? Who? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ugh. And now he's gone. May he rest in peace. Those are some good names in front of him. Wilson, Dak,
1: Mahomes, Allen, Murray.
0: Those are top-end quarterbacks. And then it's Fitzpatrick and Herbert. Yes, and and Herbert is still – I've still found him on waivers this week.
1: Not in any league that we're in together.
0: Oh no, because he's on he's on my, my team. team. No, he's, no, on, my he's team. on my team. <laughs> he's literally
1: on my team <laughs> everywhere. Get All
0: right, well, out of here. While you start your your next guy, I'm just gonna double check because I haven't I haven't checked out the uh, Justin Herbert uh, uh, roster percentage here. I wanna see what his roster percentage is after waiver's cleared. Oh, 64%, still not high enough. Well, Still not high enough. And weirdly enough, the the ESPN league that I pulled up, I'm the manager of Justin Herbert, and I do believe you're in this league. I think
1: I have Josh Allen, and I'm not going to waste two roster spots Mm. in every draft league. Mm. Let's get into our favorite flex play of the week. Now this one, he might be better than a flex play, okay? Okay. You can play him in your running back spot. But I'm going with Ronald Jones, Tampa Bay versus Vegas. This is the one time you're going to hear me talk nice about Ronald Jones. I'm honestly bringing him up because I want to apologize to Ronald Jones personally for talking crap about him. You know what? He's really shown. You should out.
0: at him on Twitter.
1: Oh no, I I, I no, he's. We're not friends on Twitter.
0: No, he might, maybe he would appreciate that. Uh, anyways, if you guys want to see Michelle reach out personally to out. Ronald Jones on Twitter, please uh, at me, at FFBallBlast, with that information. I will pass it along. <sighs> and if she will not write him, I have her Twitter password.
1: <laughs> All right. The last three weeks, he's been bawling out when he's had the opportunity. So the first three weeks of the season, You know, Fournette was there. McCoy was there. He wasn't getting too much work. They've been out, and he's been really, really great on the ground. I mean, through the air, he's still really bad. But on the ground, he is killing it. He looks like an awesome running back. And he gets the Raiders this week, who uh, they're giving up the third most fantasy points to the running back position. Uh, I just think this is going to be a game where he gets probably 20 plus carries. He's going to get goal line carries. He's been getting into the end zone as of late. And if he's going to be used that much against a soft defense when he's already shown that he's been a very good runner this year, I think he's going to stack up uh, rushing yards and maybe he's not going to get a ton of receptions, but they're still trying to use him in that aspect of the game. So, even though he doesn't put up a lot of yards and he might have some drops, he should still get a couple of receptions. I think he can easily put up a 20-point PPR game this week. I'm playing him if I if I had him anywhere. <laughs> I do have him in one spot. i playing him. There's no way he'd be on my bench this week. Uh, there's just not enough options where I can even imagine that.
0: All right. My guy, I'm going for the stack this week, baby. Justin Herbert. With wide receiver Mike Williams, I'm obsessed with Mike Williams, and it's so funny because just a year ago, we were very uh, not on target with Mike Williams. His price was so high, he couldn't you couldn't get him outside of like the fifth round, and it was ridiculous. His stat line, like if you look at his box score for his four active games, it is the most deceiving box score ever why because he's got 69 yards 14 17 109 two touchdowns that's not too shabby but when I've watched these games he pops so much more on the the tape than he does in the box score it's just a matter of time all right (laughs) and we saw it last we saw it in their last match we have to remember Keenan Allen was out last week that's why he saw nine targets in week one with Keen and Allen there. Yeah, but he's been the point is he's making big boy plays. I mean, all of all of the incompletions there have been some. I, like I, I'm picturing this one where he just sort of got knocked out of bounds. But we have to remember too, this guy was coming back from a shoulder injury, a pretty significant one that was supposed to keep him out. What for the? They said maybe he'll return sometime in September. He's looked fantastic, and I think that he looks better than his stat line. Don't just look at that that uh, week five performance, because then I look like a crazy person. But I, I just think he he looks so much better than the stats he's putting up. Um, if you just I don't, watch the tape, watch like watch the targets that he's getting, and watch what he's doing with them, even when they are not necessarily completions. Because I'm I love it. I think. There's no better match than that giant man with This is Justin way too Herbert. long
1: about Mike Williams. I love him. <laughs> way too long about Mike Williams. I do. I think it's a fine play this week. I, th- I think it's a good play. All right. Let's get on to our sleepers of the week. We're talking about the Chargers a ton. So if we have any Chargers fans, probably unlikely because there's not a ton of yeah, them in the no. world, um, you're excited right now. But... These are important plays because you're going to be having questions about them. So my sleeper of the week is Justin Jackson, the running back for the Chargers against the Jaguars. Again, we haven't even brought up yet about Justin Herbert and Mike Williams. They get the Jaguars. Like, that's a beautiful matchup. And the Jaguars right now are giving up the six most fantasy points to the running back position. They gave up 23 points to Naheem Hines, 11 points to Taylor in that same game in week one. 39 points to Mixon. The only game that he's had a good fantasy week was against the Jaguars. Then DeAndre Swift puts up his first good game of the year, 25 points against them, while Adrian Peterson adds a nice 12 points on top of that. I forgot
0: to mention Mike Williams is going against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. no
1: this this matchup should be beautiful for everyone i do think maybe the chargers can pull ahead early and this becomes a a running game which could get scary for herbert and mike williams but that just means they pulled ahead early and they should already have their points justin jackson and even joshua kelly i think are good plays against this defense justin kelly looked really good the last time they played austin eckler's out you mean justin jackson yeah what i say Justin Kelly. Oh, no. Justin Jackson looked really good. Joshua Kelly did not. But they've had some hard matchups, so I don't want to put too much blame on him. It was no, against but- the Saints. It was against the Bucks. Most people look bad. I know Justin Jackson looked good on the same team, yeah. but most people look bad against them. Justin Jackson has a different skill set. I'm going to say Joshua Kelly can still be pretty good in these matchups, so I would play either one. I'm more excited about Justin Jackson because I think he'll be more efficient with his touches, but I do think Kelly's the goal line back so he could steal the touchdowns.
0: Both of these guys are values on DraftKings this week. And interestingly enough, despite the fact that Justin Jackson is the one that got like all of the carries, most of the carries, and looked better with those carries, he's actually the cheaper of the two on DraftKings right now. Why?
1: I, it could just be touchdowns, you know. If Justin Jackson's not going to get touchdowns, he's going to have to be. Super I'm just efficient. saying. I'm excited to watch this game. Honestly, I'm excited to watch this offense. I hope they don't put up a stinker. That
0: would really, man who that would really stink. Who would have thought that uh, Philip Rivers would leave town and we'd become the biggest Chargers fans this side of the Mississippi? Well, this is why
1: I was so annoyed when they started Tyrod Taylor because you have this exciting piece that can make your whole offense a more entertaining system and you wanted to go with Tyrod taylor i don't understand that
0: that's what bugs me and I, I just did not like uh it's so funny how personally i take these things but like i did not like the way that that anthony lynn talked about justin herbert after that game well, you know what he was he'd be like
1: well tyrod's the only one who won a game because the Bengals missed a field goal a short one at that
0: Get out Thanks of Thanks to Tyrod. How
1: many times have I said get out of here? Did you know Tyrod
0: Taylor blocked that field goal? <laughs> Amazing. All right, get on to your sleeper of the week. All right, my sleeper. I have got to go with Mr. Christian Kirk. Coming off a two-touchdown game, So, but he's still a sleeper in my eyes because he has not been a, a dominant force by any means, but we saw him uh, get two targets, take both of them for touchdowns last week. Now they get the the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks, who cannot stop anything through the air, and you know why? Because teams just have to keep throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing because Russell Wilson is the goat. What are the odds that he is Super Bowl MVP? They're pretty high. Since they're pretty, Josh Allen and they're win. Rodgers is
1: kind of. Falling apart the
0: last... Oh, goodness gracious. Christian Kirk. He's a guy that I have not been uh, abundantly high on uh, coming into this season. But I do think that this matchup is absolutely perfect for him to continue a, a nice trend. Um, he's He's been a starter in each of the games. He's, he's had around five targets per game. Had a touchdown in week four, two touchdowns last week. Um, maybe he's coming into a stride a little bit, but the best part about it is the, the matchup against Seattle. They have allowed uh, like seven wide receivers, 100 receiving yard games. They can't, it, the yardage is going to be there. Kyler Murray is not going to win this game with his legs because I don't think he has enough time to do that. Right, All right. Christian Kirk, baby.
1: I like it. I actually do like Christian Kirk this week. I'm not a big Christian Kirk fantasy player fan. Like, I I wouldn't want him. I wouldn't want to trust him from week to week. But I do think this is a good week to play him if you have him rostered.
0: Wide receivers are averaging uh, 294 receiving yards per game. Hmm? (laughs) Per game against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Nearly one and a half touchdowns on average per game. Almost 50 fantasy points for game to wide receivers that Seattle is allowing, that is insane. I, I just you gotta you gotta roll with it because the the it's not necessarily that the Seattle defense is that bad, but the game script will always be there for the opposing offense.
1: All right, and now let's get on to our stinkers of the week. Stinkers. I'm of talking the about week. two guys here, two of them. It is the L.A. Rams wide receivers, both Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. You know, they've been hard to play this year. Uh, Cooper Cup has had a few okay games, one good game. The last couple weeks, you know, 66 yards, zero touchdowns. Last week, 11 yards, zero touchdowns against San Fran. Robert Woods had that one great week in week one since then 14 all right 74 yards that's okay 36 yards 71 yards that's okay 29 yards like that's a lot of stinkers in there and now they get the chicago bears who are giving up no points to the wide receivers they're 30th in uh fantasy points to the wide receiver position i think they've only given up four receiving touchdowns all year long to any position that's crazy that's really wild the most points they've given up to any wide receiver this year is Kelvin Ridley at 14 points. That's wow. the highest. So if you're you're looking for that ceiling of 14 points, then fine, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. But lately they've been pretty disappointing as is, and I just think their floor is so low this week. I don't know if they can both have a good game. So, I mean, flip a coin. Who's what game is it going to be? Because it doesn't seem like they can put a good game together. Uh, together. I don't want to play either one. I just want to avoid it. I'm not saying it's impossible for them to put together a decent game. I just I think it's too difficult.
0: I absolutely agree. My stinker of the week is not a guy that you are going to plan to sit in any format unless it's daily fantasy or you're you're playing in some sort of tournament. You are not going to play this guy. Do not play this guy. George Kittle. Do not play this guy? Do not play this guy in your tournaments. Oh, well, you just said... Tournaments and DFS. Okay. Well you I just, said you're not setting him in Gotcha. your regular league. That was very confusing. Sorry. The way you worded that was terrible. My bad. Um. So, weirdly enough, he's had two 100-plus receiving yard games, each of those with a touchdown, and his other two matchups, each with 44 receiving yards. Very weird. But that's that's just some fun facts. I think we have to look at the matchup here. They are facing off against the new England Patriots in new England. So they have to travel pretty far. Um, I, I don't know how well they'll, they'll do that, but I do know how well new England will cover the tight end. A, but bill Belichick is a psycho. And if he wants to shut you down, he will shut you down. And George Kittle is the last man standing in that offense.
1: Yeah, who else are they going to focus on that defense? That defense always takes away the best player on the opposite side. Like, that's George Kittle.
0: They left Travis Kelsey with 8.5 fantasy points in Week 4, and I think that that might have been generous. He had three receptions for 70 yards, and – but also
1: the Chiefs have, you know, you might need to stop Tyreek Hill. You might need to stop Clyde Edwards You have to focus on Patrick Mahomes so hard and all of his weapons. You don't have that same thing. It's in, just George with the 49ers. Here. Yeah, you just have to stop George Kittle. You know Even where in- he and Mostert's not here. So like New England's two and three and they have not played Jimmy Garoppolo since trading him. Bill Belichick is going to be so focused in on this game. It's going to be rough.
0: Bill Belichick, I think, is going to be abusive in this game. I I, feel like he's out on the field. (laughs) I know, but I'm sure he's been strategically planning for this game. You know, I I know you got to take one game at a time, but he's had this game in the back of his head. Is he
1: just going to put all 11 defenders just on George Kittle?
0: And they'd probably still uh, (laughs) win because Bill Belichick is. Not going to lose to Jimmy Garoppolo. There is the narrative that people are spinning out here that, oh, did the Patriots make a mistake by trading Jimmy Garoppolo away? And I don't think
1: so. That's so long ago now. Like, what was he going to do? Sit behind Tom Brady forever? I think they got a good pick from whatever. Move on. But I do think Bill Belichick is sick of answering the questions. He already said that to the media this week. It's crazy it is the first time they're playing, because I would have thought that would have already happened. But I guess they only play once every four years, so it makes sense.
0: Yeah, and I, I do think, like I said, George Kittle is not a guy that you sit, but he is a guy that we need to plan for him to have a good week, so you're not counting on fantasy points from him. You need to play boom players around him to help make up for maybe some of that lack of upside. Yep, I agree. All right. Anything else for week week five? Oh my goodness, I'm time traveling. Anything else for week seven?
1: No, that's it. I hope we helped you. If you have any other questions, just shoot us a, a tweet.
0: Yeah, follow the Ball Blast account at Ball Blast FB. We're on Instagram. We're we're getting some things popping over there. Uh, definitely at us on Twitter at ff Ball Blast and at Ball Blast, um Ball Blast E M. And check out BobLastFootball.com. Check out our Patreon site. We do an extra podcast per week. Are they just going to write this all down and check everything
1: out that you just said? That's a lot of requests that you just made.
0: Sorry, guys. I ask a lot of my listeners. (laughs) Sorry.
1: Good luck in week seven. Bye. Bye, y'all.